and welcome back to Chicks and Balls, the podcast, a sports podcast by women about more than women's sport. On today's show, Cameron Smith takes out the top gong at St Andrews and sparks rumours about a move to the LIV. And international sport in Australia, are we doing it properly? And why are soccer fans so mad about the Man United tour? Thanks for tuning in. My name is Marley Silva and tonight I am joined by one of our regular fill-ins in Nico Hines and you will hear a little bit later from Georgia Moore over there in England. But Nico, you're here with me. How are you? How was your week? I'm back. You're back. Is there a round of applause thing on this? Oh, we can probably put something in there. (laughs) I'm back. I'm very grateful to be back. You said a regular. This is my second time. So I don't know if we call that a regular yet. Well, but we're getting on the verge yeah, of a regular. Yeah, that's the direction you want to head, right? Because once again, the fans have spoken. They've said Keely and Georgia aren't that great. They want me back, <laughs> so maybe I will be a regular. Fans, I love you. Thank you for bringing me back. I love that you're just you know have not heard any of that feedback directly, but you're just running with it. I have so. I've got plenty of messages actually. The people slid in and said that was great. Okay, good. Well, I was I was very happy with your performance as well. And did you or did you not tell me that was the most fun you've had on this podcast? <laughs> I should not tell you things. Ooh, um, it's a talking point later <laughs> and for you too, Keely and Georgia. Anyway, um, I'm glad that you started off like that. Again, just coming in, guns blazing, throwing hands. Um, we're going to have lots of fun once again. Uh, but we do start this episode with, you know, how were your weeks? So it's been a couple of weeks since we've actually been on air. So I'll ask you how were your last two weeks, Nico? You had a bit going on. I had a bit going on, yeah. My last two weeks involved COVID, nice. missing Origin 3 camp, missing the game against the Melbourne Storm. Mm. When I come out and flew straight up to Townsville <laughs> and spent some time in the sun, a bit of vitamin D helps the yes. system. And then uh, the boys had a good win without me, which was unbelievable. And I was frothing, or Toby and I actually, and I was sitting in this lounge room screaming at the TV. <laughs> um, and then unfortunately... No, I definitely could have made an impact in Origin because I wasn't playing, but yeah. um, unfortunately we went down in the Origin. Um, it was a great game of football. If everyone who watched uh, that game would just be happy to have witnessed that game of football. And But got the win in Townsville and now I'm back in the freezing cold in South Wales. Yes. How Sitting good here with this? you, so grateful to look at you in the eyes right now. Oh, that's nice. That was your two weeks. <laughs> that's why I've asked you back <laughs> for things like that. Well, certainly not as dramatic as yours. I didn't have COVID and I went to Bali instead, which was amazing and like proper. Hold on a second. Wouldn't it be a great life if you could just stop your work, even though you don't work, to go to Bali? Like, wouldn't the listeners just want it to be you right now? Probably. I think they would. I How do lucky work. You? you better count your lucky stars. I, I know. I'm very grateful. just mid-year. Marley went to Bali, yes. right? And very grateful. It was a pretty spontaneous kind of trip. Um, the weather was considerably better than what it has been here. Um, and I actually just got to live it up, you know, on Eating cheap. Sun's out, buns out. Did you get a tan? I did get a tan. You've, you're not that impressed with it, but I'm considerably darker than you. Um, I'm in winter. I haven't, haven't seen the sun in a while. I'm yeah, still darker well than you. No, you're not. But yeah. anyway. That could uh, be a poll for the listeners. <laughs> yeah, okay. We can put a comparison <laughs> up. Anyway, we'll now have... I don't know if Keely will actually give us a bit of audio for her feedback feels because she's on a plane coming back from Europe right now. So good news for the listeners is from next week, we will be mostly back to normal, hopefully, knock on wood. Ooh. But regardless. I just heard all the sighs from the listeners. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I do have a little bit of feedback. Yeah? And it's actually specific feedback 
for you. And not really, I don't know if feedback's the right term, but this was the only place that this would fit in this episode. Yeah. And I told you I wanted to tell you this story on air because I know that you'll really enjoy it. I've been itching at the bit all day for this. Yeah. So, not, I, not. <laughs> I wouldn't say I'm the kind of girl who's into dating apps, right? I don't, I don't usually, I'm not really about it with the exception of one, <laughs> but I, overseas in Bali, you're like, I'll download it. Just, you know, try and make some new friends while you're overseas, right? Yeah. Where is so, this going? No, listen, no, it's good. Trust me. And so I downloaded Hinge. I'm not, again, like I really, the second I downloaded it, I flicked through for about 10 minutes. I'm like, oh, this is not fun. This right, because no one swiped right for you? No. <laughs> Anyway, it's just like it does a lot of cringe because what they do in Hinge is you have prompts, right, of like, you know, things to talk about or to like entice people to um, reply. Reply, And a guy liked me and I – not my type and it was going to get a no anyway, but his prompts, all of the answers were – I'll read it out. I screen grabbed this. So the first um, prompt was do you agree or disagree – that Nico is the buy of the year. The second prompt, I recently discovered that I froth on Nico. And the third, you should leave a comment if you're Nico. <laughs> this man has made his profile about you. Oh, that's, that is, that's a round of applause there. <laughs> Who is this man? Can uh, I get his name? Yeah. His name is Kev. 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 So um, he's, he's trying to use you in a weird roundabout. Well, it actually, it's kind of like he's on there looking for you. Um, obviously, you got the preferences wrong because I'm a female. Yeah. Um, well, oh. yeah, okay. <laughs> but I just was like, you have got to be kidding me. If Kev is a listener right now, I'll be happy for you to reach out, Kev. <laughs> Get to know you, you know, see where things go. <laughs> nah, but that's pretty cool, Kev. I appreciate you, my man. Oh, yeah, just made me laugh a lot. Um, also, in my personal feedback experience, I guess, um, in Bali, so bizarre. I went to a place called Luigi's in Changu, which is a great time on a Monday night, as it so happens. It's a pizza place. Was that- Mario there? No. Okay. Yeah, what a shame. <laughs> um, it turns into a bit of a nightclub. Anyway, I was in this very long line for the bathroom talking to a lot of the girls around me, whatever. And um, there was one girl in particular who was very tall and she was kind of like, the line was so long we had to use her to see how far away we were from this (laughs) toilet. And she was such a legend. God, I can't even remember her name. But I must have been that much of a legend. No, no, no. It was really cool. I think it was Kara. She, um, I was like asking, she was asking, no, her friend was asking names and stuff and we we're like, oh, yeah, why are you guys here, blah, 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 blah. And then she was like, I know this is like, I feel a bit weird about this, but I actually know who you are to me and I love everything you do and love your podcast and all this stuff and Ooh. blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, you know, a bit bit tipsy, gave her a big hug and I was like, you're the best. You can go ahead of me in the toilet line. <laughs> go ahead. I was busting. Um, but she was such a legend and I'm, I'm – I'm, What a moment for you, Mark. Yeah, so that was You've really You worked nice extremely well. hard for that. She's smiling from ear to ear right now, this girl. Yeah, she was a legend. But the so. real question we want to know is ever in Bali. <laughs> yeah. And the listeners want to know, you're on Hinge. <laughs> oh, no. Did you go on a Hinge date over no. in Bali? No. After I saw that guy, I deleted the app. Oh. Yeah. I doubt it. No, I really did. I want to really find did. out, listeners, and I'll tell you, and I'll fill you in one I day. I promise about whether you. Whether Marley Silva I went didn't on a hinge, hinge date. date. Never or been on a hinge date. met up with one in nightclub. Maybe Motel Mexicola, La Favela. Do you go to Motel Mexicola? Did you dance, dance on, on the tables? tables? Amazing. Nice. 
the table. Ron was not stable. Was your hinge man there? No. No. The, this guy, the, okay. no. Anyway, I, I told you that story because I thought it would be funny. Okay. Anyway, we haven't been on air for a couple of weeks. Um, back to the real stuff now. We wanted to go through a couple of highlights in sport before we dive into our Around the Grounds. A massive one for starters, um, of course, being that third Origin match. You mentioned it being such a good game. Where were you watching it? And I guess, how did you feel throughout that whole process? Yeah, well, I watched it with the boys in Townsville. It was pretty cool to actually sit back and watch the Origin this time. I haven't watched it for a while. I've been a part of it for the last three or whatever it was. Um, and but, but now knowing all the players and the way we game plan and the way we want to go about our business in that game, I just got to sit back and watch and just go, all right, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, is this going to work? And uh, it was pretty cool to sit there and just sort of pick apart the game while I'm watching. Um, but I was with a lot of the boys and it was very loud and a few Queenslanders in the room, which really pissed me off. <laughs> but um, no, it was cool to sit back and watch. Would have loved to be a part of it. But man, I remember... I think all us boys looked at the clock and it was about 17 minutes in and it felt like the game's already been going for an hour. Mm. And we're like, holy Jesus Christ, this is a great game of footy. Like, it was just so um, back and forwards. Bit of stop start at the beginning because of all those big hits. But it was just a great game of footy to watch. And they deserve a round of applause from everyone who's a footy fan because if you're a footy fan in general, no matter who you go for, you'd have sat back and respected that game of footy. But obviously, we would like to see this if I was win. Um, but hats off to Queensland. I think in a few big moments, Dahlia Cherry Evans, Ben Hunt, um, they just took control of that game and that's what won in the game. And um, yeah, it's a tough pill to swallow, but as a footy fan, you got to respect it. Yeah, I think that's the consensus from a lot of people who are just footy fans, that it was such a phenomenal game that you, you can't be too upset about what happened. Um, what I do want to ask you is there's been so much conversation about one Joey Johns' reaction live on air that he was like quite visibly upset and then it all being this discussion of, you know, it's because Queenslanders are more proud to wear the jersey than New South Wales are and, and that kind of rubbish back and forth and a lot of, I guess, emotion and drama, particularly online. When you had that Blues jersey kind of given to you for the first time, like how does that feel? Can you encapsulate that feeling and uh, I, I guess contest what people say about it being more important to someone who's got a maroon one. Oh, look, it's everyone's going to have their own opinion and people sitting there on the couch after 10 beers deep commenting on a, a Facebook thing or whatever it is. There's no way that just because you're a Queensland, you put a Queensland jersey on, it means more than a New South Welshman. Like, it's just garbage, to be honest. Like, Andrew Johns is someone who's lived, breathed it, bled for his state, won um, Origin Series, lost probably an Origin Series. Like, he's been there and done it all and... It would obviously hurt him so much, like, and he'd probably be having that feeling for every other person in the world or in Australia who's put on a New South Wales jersey who would be feeling the same way as him, but they can't express their feelings because they're not in the media as much as him. So he would just be feeling for all the old boys who have put that jersey on before. And for me, um, yeah, ever since I was a little kid, I wanted to wear a New South Wales jersey and I got to wear it and uh, put one on year six and year 12, and that meant that the world to me then and now it means even more like it's a bit bittersweet obviously I haven't got to run on the field in the 17 but I've got to be 18th man and still pull that jersey on and be a part of it and rock up the training every day pinching yourself like yeah just it's crazy talk like and you could see the emotion he had after in that interview like um, him sitting in the corner where there was thousands of Queensland fans screaming at him and there was three other Queensland on the panel I'm pretty sure like and just you know, you like we we say we like people like Brandon Smith and 
Cameron Munster and all these people who are characters and we love how the way they express themselves because they're just so true. Like, why don't we like the way Joey expresses his feelings and his emotions? Like, he's just being an honest, true-to-himself person. Like, let's, let's, let's just embrace it. And, you know, we'll, New South Wales will want to win next year because of people like him who are embracing it. And, yeah, there's just no way that it means more. It, it certainly means the exact same to them. Like, far out, they want to go put on the Queensland jersey and play the best way they can, like just like New South Wales did and just New South Wales lost. That's all that happened. Mm. You know, there's a winner and a loser and we lost. Yeah, you know, next year we'll come back fighting for it even bigger and better and stronger, and and we'll be hungrier for it. Like it's just the way life goes. You win, you lose, move on. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's um, I don't know. Never ceases to amaze me how emotional I guess the Origin series is because yeah, there's always people in Facebook fights and. Usually, because my dad, as you know, is a Queenslander, even though he was born and raised in New South Wales, and he always gets into arguments with people on Facebook because his friends all rip into him being like, you state trainer. And so he, um, well, he is. Yeah, well, he is massively. But, um, Damn yeah. you, Rodney. <laughs> He's a very happy man at the moment. Um, away from origin, we also saw something pretty historic happen over in New Zealand in the rugby where the All Blacks actually lost a series to Ireland for the very first time that was pretty insane and talk about emotion I saw um, some scenes of those Irish players after that a third match in tears like it was so massive for them and obviously I think a shock to to the rugby world yeah for sure and you know when you think about rugby union and or think about just rugby in general when you're growing up even if you don't know much about it you're thinking all blacks like I don't know much about rugby union mm. and like it doesn't really bother me but I think of Dan Carter, Richie McCall, and All Blacks. Yeah, you know that's this is what you think about, and you know the Melbourne Storm culture sort of built their culture on the way the All Blacks um, conduct themselves every day. So, yeah, like everyone just loves the All Blacks, and for Ireland to go there and win a series in New Zealand, like that is massive. Mm. And you know, every Irish supporter player would have been growing up wanting their team or them to be part of the team to beat the All Blacks one day, and they've done it. Like, that's like winning an origin for in a rugby league terms. Like, yeah. it's just unbelievable. And, um, yeah, just so happy for him. Like, it's a big deal, man. It's such a big deal. Yeah, and a lot of the conversations are about the fact that we're not too far out from a Rugby World Cup. And it looks like, you know, usually coming into these competitions – you kind of know who your standouts are. And, um, you know, quite similar to the conversations about the Rugby League World Cup, it's sort of anyone's game, which is always a good thing. Also, speaking of Dan Carter, I actually thought of – did you see him speak at the Moe and Hennessy event a couple of weeks ago? He did a speech there and I saw – it kind of went viral um, on Instagram and he just had this – he's a great talker, I think most people know, um, or who've read his book and and – the likes, um, all about positive mindsets and, and changing how you think about things when you have injury or, or any kind of setbacks. I actually thought to send that to you, and I'm going to do that now. That you actually, um, I listened to one of his podcasts on uh, performing at mm. uh, the professional level. Well, I think I forget what it's called, but I listened to it when I drove back from. When I drove back from, I think Byron Bay this year, and yeah, uh, for New Year's, and it was unbelievable. Uh, performing under pressure, the way he deals with it training your mind and then I watched his doco on stand I'm pretty sure and um yeah that's like sort of what I've been doing with my mindset coach mm. and then watching he listened to him talk about it more is more of a reason why I continue to do it like it's unbelievable yeah, like yeah. he's a great human to listen to if you want to be at your peak of performance and how you want to get there and why listen to what Dan Carter has to say and I think it's relevant outside of sport as well like I found a lot of stuff from what he was saying so yeah highly recommend checking that out and finally 
This one's just come out today. Very, very cool stuff. Sam Kerr, she's going to be the first woman on the cover of FIFA. Not only first woman. Not only first woman. First Australian. Oh, my goodness. That is unbelievable. That is unbelievable. She's a freak. She is a freak. And, I mean, it's fitting, right? Yeah. It's like, it's pretty cool, man. Like, I don't think Aussies, she'd be the first Australian female or male, wouldn't she? Or was Tim Cahill? Tim Cahill. Tim Cahill. Yeah, Yeah, okay. But, yeah, that's like. That's huge. Like yeah. Every little soccer kid, once again, I'll say when you're a kid, you look at FIFA, look at the front cover, and, you know, she would never – she probably would have dreamt of it, but she never would have thought in a million years that a girl would be on the cover and now a girl is and it's her. Like, There's few, like, female athletes that sort of transcend gender and engage and excite people um, regardless of, of whether you're a boy or a girl. I think, you know – Comparatively, you might think of someone like Serena Williams probably does that, but in a male-dominated sport like soccer, to see her coming through like this in just, yeah, such a phenomenal way and be so respected is super exciting for that next generation. And I just am so excited for next year's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand with the girls because I think it's going to draw massive, massive crowds. Yeah, well, for sure. And like FIFA, FIFA's not just like a rugby league game or uh, like Tony Hawk game that only Australia play or something or whatever <laughs> FIFA's around the world and every person would pick up, if you don't know Sam Kerr, you're going to get FIFA, they're going to ask, who's that girl? Everyone's going to know who Sam Kerr is over the next couple of years. Like, yeah. Even if people already know who she is, but a lot more are going to know who she is and she's just going to keep building and building and building and be one of the most successful females athletes we've ever seen. Yeah, 100%. I think that's how she'll go down in history yeah, is one of the sure. greatest ever. And obviously she's worked extremely hard to be where she is and continuing to work hard and... Hopefully it's going to inspire the next generation of young you know, rugby league players, football players, union players, just any sort of athletes in our country mm. to want to be like Sam Kerr. Yeah. And, She's you know, a good people, role model too. Yeah, for sure. People want to be LeBron James, Jonathan Thurston. Now everyone wants to be Sam Kerr. Like, yeah. It's really cool. Very cool. Now it's time for a segment that we call Around the Grounds where we dive into the biggest headlines in sports media from the week gone by. And this one was pretty historic as one of our favourite Aussie mullets uh, to be out there on the sporting stage. Cameron Smith, no, the other one, the one who plays golf. Uh, he took Smitty. out he took out the 150th Open Championship at St Andrews at a record-breaking 20 under par. Smith is the first Australian to win the championship since 1993. And in his post-match, he said to have the 150th Open at St Andrews and to walk away with the win is something I've dreamt of. It's unreal to look at the names on this trophy and then see mine. I'm definitely going to figure out how many beers can fit in this jug for sure which we love to see that kind of Australian larrikinism at the top this I'm not super into golf are you no yeah I don't know a lot about it but I I think we all tuned into Cameron Smith last year in Tokyo because we were kind of like first of all his name and then um seeing his mullet and the like and that was um a pretty cool one to to see him like talk about getting on the piss like no uh no one else can Aussie athletes can talk like that. And I saw actually Dill Buckley, who people would know from his podcast, Dylan Friends, he's over there doing some media stuff and in the press conference actually asked um, Cam Smith to estimate how many uh, cans of beer would fit in it and in the press conference. And he was like, I think two. And then Dill was like, well, how many beers after that are you going to drink? And he goes, oh, maybe 20. <laughs> Which, like, good on him. Good on him. And it's Australian when, way. Exactly. But it was actually 
G Moore who brought this up and she's got a little bit to say about it um, after we finish our discussion. This is a really interesting thing that's also happening in the golf world that I guess we wouldn't be that familiar with because we're not that into golf, just how it is. Um, The celebrations have been soured for a lot of golf fans because he's actually clashed with a British journalist um, when being asked about joining the Rebel kind of golf tournament that's emerged in Saudi Arabia. So it's the LIV tour. Um, So have you heard about this at all? This is sort of a tour that's being backed by the millionaires of um, Saudi Arabia. You can get paid like $200 million to just compete in it. And it's sort of your competitor to your PGAs and the like. And the reason it's so controversial is because as people who are in touch with sort of world politics would know, the Saudi Arabian government is quite corrupt. It's... um, you know, only a couple of years ago started letting women get their driver's licence. It's been very oppressive um, and dangerous for, for anyone who sort of speaks out against it. And there's sort of been a split in the golfing world to either go and get this massive money and, and go on this tour with those guys or stick to the PGA where you still make a hell of a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but there's sort of not this murkiness in the water. So I guess first question would you ever be tempted, I guess, to go down the track of something where that money is sort of almost unfathomable and you can, you know, work for a year and retire and be done and still be playing the same game and doesn't really directly affect you, but it's sort of playing into a bit of a corrupt situation like that? Yeah, that's, that's a hard one. Like, yeah, I don't know. Just you gotta f- try and find out as much of the ins and outs of it as possible before you do it. And you just don't want to get caught in that sort of drama really. Like imagine going over there and you do it and you don't get the money you expected to get and it's a big drama and then you'd end up bloody something happens to you over there and you're stuck there and you Yeah, who knows? But it's hard because you could obviously you could set your family up forever. Yeah. But then also and a lot of athletes like legacies mm-hmm. and I'm a big person. I love seeing someone's legacy like Conor McGregor's really hurt me at the moment because his legacy isn't what I expected it was going to be. He was winning and winning and winning. Now he's like fighting more. He's lost a few. And um, Michael Jordan's legacy, like amazing. Like you could play golf with the PGA, keep winning and have a legacy of your own. Like um, you go over there, then you're not really um, living that sort of world anymore. But yeah, that's hard. It's a hard one. It is hard. I think it's easy if you're – you could get on your moral high horse being out of that situation and not having that opportunity in front of you. Be like, I would never do that. I would never be tempted by that. But I think we can't underestimate the power of, of that little influence and, and taste there. So I think it's um, it's been super interesting. Like I said, while I'm not that interested in golf, I've been interested in this situation because it has all those different moving parts. And we always talk about on this podcast, um, you know, keeping politics out of sport. And I guess then, do you think it's even relevant that the athletes should have to think about the kind of world politics ramifications of literally just continuing to play their sport in a different country? Yeah, no, they shouldn't. Yeah. I don't think so. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's, for me personally, I don't think I'd do it. Like, I just don't think morally I'd want to do that and be put in a situation where I don't know what's going on. Um, politics, I have no idea about politics So that's mm. probably one strike where I wouldn't do it Because I have no idea But um, yeah, for me, I reckon it's best for them Their family and for their legacy And 
what they're doing, they can still earn shitloads of money anyway. So yeah, exactly. don't get money hungry and just go do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll throw over to G in a second, but we'll just say massive congrats to Cam Smith on this historic win. And I think he was speaking about potentially shaving the mullet after winning something like this, but it's so iconic. You can't yeah. lose it now. Nah, keep it, mate. I'm going to keep winning with it. Don't change what's working. Congratulations, Cameron Smith. And I'm sure there's plenty more to come. I think definitely the source of the funding is always going to be the big one on this because I don't think this is the last of independent, self-funded private leagues that we'll see popping up. I think clearly there's a hunger for it. Athletes want uh, flexibility in their rules and more money, obviously. But I think that it will always come down to a question of morals when you're talking about, you know, the funding of this being so controversial and such a grey area. I think it will be really interesting to see what happens to the PGA Tour and, you know, what athletes sort of jump ship, for lack of a better term there. But um, I certainly don't think this is the last we'll see of it. I think, you know, essentially this is where the NRL was born out of it. It was an opposing league. It was more privatised than the Australian Rugby Super League, Australian Rugby League. I can't remember what it's called before it became the National Rugby League. But I think that we've seen leagues expanding and transforming and sort of shape-shifting a bit and that really equity-based privatisation of the leagues of across all different sports is only going to continue because there is a market for that exclusivity when it comes to something bigger and better and shinier with more money and less governed rules, I would say. So I don't think it's the last of it. I think where we need to be really careful is what kind of power and platform we are giving to these questionable funders. Obviously, more often than not, people with that amount of cash are not always going to be, you know, your sort of picture of morals and clean record kind of people, I don't think. But yeah, I think we certainly need to be careful, not for the athlete's sake and not for necessarily the building of a league, but more so for platforming and being careful with how those resources are being used and so forth. So yeah, it'll be really interesting more so to see what happens to the PGA if this is really going to pull the names that they're saying it is. In other news this week, Australia's been buzzing as we've had the likes of Marcus Rashford and an English football phenomenon and his Manchester United cohort touching down to play a couple of friendlies on Aussie soil. The footballing greats were here for their off-season international tour and won over locals Melbourne victory at a packed-out MCG. But naturally, the tour was not without its drama, while most of the country were fangirling hard over the arrival of particularly that Marcus Rashford who Keeley's got a selfie with. I don't know if you've seen that. Um, I think I have, actually. Yeah. Which, like, I I mean, like, I don't know a lot about English soccer, and I didn't know who he was, and then all of a sudden he was everywhere because he's here. But, you know, as he was there smiling through press appearances and promotions, there's actually a big blow-up from a former SBS football presenter in Lucy Zellick on Twitter on Thursday, which I thought was a pretty bizarre kind of reaction. In particular, she was talking about a photo of Marcus holding up an AFL ball uh, that went viral. And what she wrote in this tweet was, can someone tell me what the point of this is? Is Marcus suddenly going to switch codes and sign for an AFL side? Go and pat a koala, meet with proud members of our Indigenous communities and spend time with grassroots football and capital letters clubs. This is just effing embarrassing. As a code, the AFL and its representatives have done nothing but shit on football time and time again. 
who could forget 09 when we bid for the World Cup? And the AFL CEO at the time refused to give up Eddie had now Marvel for an international tournament. Agreeing to be a part of this stupidity is just insulting. She continues to go on, right? Like, and calling this a big PR stunt. I mean, first of all, it felt a little bit like an overreaction. And I guess to me sort of revealed a a bitterness and a um, bit of contention between codes that I didn't really think was there. But I guess for starters, what do you think about, you know, big EPL sides like Man U? Aston Villa's also been here, Leeds United, playing against A-League sides. What do you think that does for, I guess, football fans, that kind of football in Australia? Oh, it'll be massive. Uh, I don't think like, A-League very rarely often packs out a stadium of uh, maybe like the Sydney FC versus the Wanderers or the Grand Final. That's the only time. But seeing a packed out stadium full of just your own fans um, watching your idols – you know, Manchester United are one of the biggest clubs in bloody the world in any sport. Um, yeah, it's massive. Like, why? Why not? I'd love for a team to come over and do that every year for the sport and grow grow the soccer game here in Australia. Like, just because I love NRL and I want that to be the number one sport here, like I still want everyone to have a their sport be at the highest of the highest they can get it to. So for them doing that, coming over here, I take the hat off to them. Like, they're pretty famous people. Yeah. Like, um, in the grand scheme of things to me they're not I don't really like if I seen them walking down the street I wouldn't know who they are <laughs> but over there like they're huge they're massive and they're so famous that they don't have to do that they don't have to come over here like but they wanted to and I'd take my hat off to for them to come over and give it a go yeah I think that you know maybe it's only at a CEO level where someone's thinking about who like what sports getting you know more eyes on it I guess for players it's kind of irrelevant the main point of this SBS commentator was that cross-code promotions are a waste of time I don't know if I agree with that because especially with a sport like AFL it's not played anywhere else so to have someone as big and international as as Marcus Rashford having a photo with an AFL ball that's a great opportunity to even just have people know what AFL is right yeah for sure like I think that's some of the points she made is pretty valid, mm. but that is not a valid point to me. Yeah. Um, as if they don't have like a cute bit of curious curiosity, is that a word? Yeah, that's Curiosity right. about what our number one sport is or what is like the main sport played in Melbourne or the main sport played in so well. It's like they went and checked out AFL, checked out uh, the Storm too. Yeah. Uh, as if they wouldn't want to know. If we went over, whether you play rugby league, AFL, soccer, say let's say soccer players went to America. Yeah. As if they're not going to want to go and see what the basketball is up to or the NFL. Yeah, of like course. they're going to want to see it. Yeah. 100%. Like, and then them come over here, they're just curious about what we do over here mm. and what this weird random ball is that's red and yeah. small and they, they punch around. Like, it's just sports people want to see what other sports do. Like, yeah. it's just what we do. Like, if I'm going over to England, I'm going to want to go watch Manchester United versus Man City for sure. Like, I don't really care about soccer. That yeah. much, but if I'm going over there where it's the number one sport yeah. and fans get around it and they're the famous people that put on a good show, I'm going to go see it. Yeah. And if they want to invite me, our footy team, into their inner sanctum and see what it's like, we're doing it. Yeah, like it's just what you do. It's personal development too. Like, yeah, I think, yeah, like obviously, I'd love for Manchester United people um, to go and see what our culture is about. Like, mm. go see some Aboriginal communities and whatnot, whether they want to or not would be cool. Like she's mentioned that, which would be really cool. Going to grassroots soccer clubs, that's cool too. Yeah. Like they could be doing that, but 
that's just not putting put in the media because AFL and NRL are our media, so that's why they're putting it in there. So they could be doing all that stuff. We just don't know about it. So she might need to rethink about tweeting something that she doesn't really know a whole heap about. I like I don't even know who she is, but some of them are valid. But yeah, yeah that I just think obviously um, our biggest clubs and our biggest codes in Australia are going to want to jump on that to promote yeah. our sport as well. Yeah, like, for sure. It's just networking. Like it just yeah. it is what it is. It happens. And I think you're right in saying that we're kind of in what she's saying there. She's probably um, neglecting what maybe Marcus was in- interested in. Like yeah. of course, like AFL is a thing that doesn't exist anywhere else. Or I always think about like some of my favorite um, YouTube vid- videos are of like Americans reacting to the best fights in State of oh, Origin all the and all that hits. stuff. Like and George Phil whacking Cam Munster. Yeah, they were going off. They like. love that stuff because they don't see it over there. And I think it makes so much sense why people would be interested in that because yeah like when i've traveled to america the first thing you do go to a basketball exactly match right. go to the nfl you know and in the uk i've been to an epl match again just because it's like what they're really good at so it feels like a weird thing and with all of that said we'll leave it to g with her final thoughts i think above all of this because i do disagree with cross code promotion being a waste of time and i think that um she's gone in really hard here with these tweets but I will say that the thing that stuck out to me the most when I did some reading about this today was that picture of Marcus where he's standing with so many of Melbourne's athletes and there isn't a soccer player in there. And I think I wouldn't have thought so much about it if the article that I read didn't highlight that there were no A or W Leagues players in there. And it was the W Leagues comment that got me. Obviously, Marcus did individual promotion with... Melbourne victory when they played that game and there was that sort of stuff in there but it did that sort of perhaps a light bulb moment bulb moment you would say um I do think they could have made better use of promoting the women's game in that tour and I think that someone like Marcus especially when and I'll touch on this in my one to watch later in the episode but especially when the women's game is gaining so much traction in the UK at the minute they really could have capitalized on his influence and his you know um, platform on the world stage with our women's game over here and I think of course that relates to the men as well but yeah her point about grassroots football and the women's game is one that stuck with me and I think that they really could have used a face like his to engage with those sections of the sport because if she's saying it's not promoting soccer at all, well, you know it's always worse off for women and juniors. So, yeah, I think it's a tricky one because I do think that, you know, international athletes coming and interacting with all our codes is so beneficial and I disagree that it's not good for the game of AFL because it is an Australian sport and getting international eyes on both AFL and rugby league is always important. And we want to grow all of the sport in my opinion, but yeah, I think she made a fair point about the lack of women involved. And I think that it would, it was an opportunity missed more than anything. And I don't think it's because they purposefully left it out, but I think a good note to take next time someone like this comes to the country. You're the real MVP. Now it's time for a segment that we call MVPs, where each week we award someone or something our own personal MVP title for something that they've done that's brought us a bit of joy. Nicholas, you don't want you want me to go first. I want you to go first. My. You've just rocked up. You've you've texted me like literally thirty minutes beforehand. 
I definitely joining this, this morning. Because I'm such a great person, I've said yes. On now, I was so busy too. I had so, so much to do this busy. afternoon, and I just scrap everything for this podcast. Uh, and you give me 30 minutes to even think about well, okay, all this stuff a- that I've just had to do and I've just done it on the run already and I feel like I've done a pretty good job, listeners. <laughs> so you go first and just give me the respect to think about my MVP because there's so much going on in this sporting world of ours. That oh, is, you can just wow, give so many wow. MVPs. Okay, okay, okay. And I just need to yep. think of all right, one because okay. you only give me one. You know what? I'm going to let Georgia go first. My MVP was punting in Cambridge and not punting betting on horses or sport, punting on boats maybe I was really silly and the only person in the world who didn't know about this before I moved here but Cambridge the town is famous for it and it's basically like you're on a big sort of canoe picture like canal boats in Venice vibe they're really flat they're really low to the water but instead of paddling on them someone stands up the end and has this ginormous pole that actually pushes off the bottom of the river um, and you do that. The rivers are really quite shallow, canals, rivers, and they sort of go wind all the way around the backs of all Cambridge University colleges. Really beautiful, so much fun. Have some beverages on there. It was a really nice, hot, sunny weekend. If you're ever in the UK, highly recommend going punting in Cambridge. My MVP is the Sutherland to Surf Fun Run, right? As an institution, as an event, you've just rolled your eyes. You think this is an opportunity for me to just brag about the fact that I ran the (laughs) Sutherland to Surf. It is a little bit because I have not been doing any training and I ran a PB, so big win there. But no, it's not just about me being a freak. It is actually the vibe. I've never done like a fun run before with like people around me because when I started getting into running was in COVID and so they had all those things cancelled. I've never run with a big group of people like that and just like how happy everyone was, people on the sides of the Kingsway waiting to like wave and cheer you on and give you water and for people who don't live in the Shire wouldn't even know what this is. The Sutherland to Surf is a run that happens every year from one end of the Shire to the other, from Sutherland to Cronulla. It's 11Ks, little kids competing in it, really old people. Like I had guys who looked maybe 80 running like in this. Like it was amazing beating to see. You probably. Probably beating me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was just like such a happy, positive thing that I feel like even though I was absolutely not fit enough to do that at like currently – it carried me through. The spirit was high, made me feel amazing, and I just – I love it. Okay, speaking of, I'm very annoyed at myself I did not bring this up to start the conversation or start this podcast. No. Talking about 12K run, PB, whatever. 11, but yeah. Oh, okay, 11. Anyway, doesn't matter. <laughs> did you get on the pussy bus on no! the walk from Sydney to Newcastle? No, for I didn't. I didn't get on, not for a second. I don't know why I didn't bring this up straight away because I reckon everyone's wanted to hear if you go on the pussy <laughs> bus. And you know what? I feel like with, even if you did, you wouldn't bloody tell us anyway. So you look me in the eyes right now, Marley Silver. I'm looking you in the tell eyes. tell me I swear you to God, that pussy bus. I swear on my mother's life, I did not get on that bus for a second. Okay, because a really good friend of mine, old Dave from Big Brother, yeah. He was on there. He was. Now I'm going to be asking him. You can ask him. I'm going to message him after this. Do and it. Say, did Marley Silver get on that bus? Uh, I did not. He will back and me up. I will up. find out. I will back. He will back me up. I was on one of his Facebook live videos at one point right towards the end. Okay. There's evidence. 
and it's on my Strava as well. You can see, <laughs> I walked the whole way. Okay. And there was one point I've actually like genuinely injured my knee and stop rolling your eyes. I'll, I'm going to hurt you. But I was in a lot of pain. There were some tears and I was like, I don't know if I can finish this. Like this was towards the end of day two. Really? Like, I was in a lot of pain, like pain like I've never felt. People were going, you're walking really funny. And I was like, that's really great for my mindset right now because I know I am. And I really thought Maybe about it. Maybe because you farted and it fell, went through and you had poo running. <laughs> no, that wouldn't have even stopped me. I'm not joking. At that moment. You were in my head. Was I? You were in my head. And I got you through. Because it was when you said on this How show. How good is that, listeners? When the going gets tough, Molly Silver thinks of Nicholas no, Hines to get her through. It was, wow. It was because. I've made it. No, because you made me feel really guilty for even considering it when you were like, people have cancer and they're doing That's it or right. they survive. And that was, honestly, that was what it was. And they're limping and through like, life. And I've got tears going down my face. I'm like, I'm so in much pain, but I can't get in this bus. Like, I just couldn't. I swear to God. Like, they're genuinely. So all you had to do is limp for another 50K when we've yeah. got people out there limping through their chemotherapy <laughs> and trying to get to a point where they can live free again. Yes. And you know what? I'm proud of you for doing that, Thank you. Thank you very much. I, uh, I'm proud of me as, as well. much as I doubt that. You didn't get in there. I'm proud of you. Oh, you can ask every single person on that. <laughs> anyway, it's my turn, MVP. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We have I think the time. listeners are sick of you talking. Because we're going on for 38 minutes. And you probably spoke for the 37. But anyway, my MVP this week would have to be our Rugby League World Origin players backing up after that brutal game of 80 minutes. I know a lot of players didn't, but a lot of players did also. And they pretty much were best on ground, um, all of them who backed up. And there was a big discussion, I think, after the origin or throughout the last five days of whether they should make it mandatory that they, after the last game of origin, that they have to be rested. Mm -hmm. I don't know whether it was for after each origin or just after the last one they cannot play that weekend. And I sat there, because I was on the, the footy show on Sunday and I was sitting there watching it. I don't really watch the footy shows much, but I was sitting there watching because I was about to go on the show, listening to the way they talk. And Darren Lockyer said... He reckons they shouldn't play after and because it's about player welfare and whatnot. And then Joey and I think Freddie were saying they should. You know, they took so much pride. Uh, Joey said that he never – only one time he was forced to not play after an origin and he hated it because he um, loved that, you know, the, the club, their, the respective clubs got them to where they are. They wouldn't be playing origin if it wasn't for their club and their teammates. So they really wanted to make sure they, they backed up and played. And I think Freddie said he asked Teddy and said – um, are you backing up this week? Because he's had a, he had a mammoth mm. freaking series. Teddy did, and he was humongous. Meant for over eight hundred meters, whatever it was, or for the series. And Teddy said, "Yes, we are fighting. We're not in the eight. We're fighting for a spot. I'm playing no matter what." And what about the win the Roosters had on the weekend? And then and they yeah. flogged them as well. And so it made me think. Like, I think it should be up to the players. Um, you know, you got to listen to your body. If you you're not a pussy, if you don't back up and play, you yeah. obviously need to have a rest at times. But I don't think they should mandate it that you yeah. can't play because. Like Teddy in his, his position, his team needs him. You need your best players playing because they're fighting for a position in the eight towards the back end. They've got a tough run home. Mm. And there's play, pe- teams like the Panthers and Cows. Cows rested a few against us. Panthers rested their whole thing because they are in that position. They deserve they can, to rest yeah. because they're sitting top two. Mm. So, um, yeah, I don't think they should mandate it. But my MVP was the boys who backed up and went really, really well a couple of days after. Like, that's a massive effort.
Now we come to our final segment of the show, which is our ones to watch, where we recommend what sport, event, or even a Netflix show you should be watching for the week ahead. Do you want to go first this time? I just want to say your voice changes a lot. When, when you, I when present. You present. Yeah, I do. I just want to know. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> then when you're talking one-on-one, it's all good. Just, just be normal. Be free, Marley Silva. Oh, now it's time for the final segment of the show. <laughs> Robot. It's a, it's a force of habit. Okay, I've been I'll doing go first. For a while. You go. Because the last time I gave the Sharkies a wrap, I'm going to do it again. We're the ones mm. that watch this week because we're coming up against the Penrith Panthers yes. Saturday night, five thirty. I know. In the foot of the mountains, it's, it's going to be, be cold. cold. It's going to be raining. Crowd are going to be heckling us. Panther Panthers are a red hot team, and we're looking to go there and, and try and upset them. And I reckon um, you can do it. It's gonna be a pretty exciting game. I think it's gonna be a very exciting game. And I before we go on, I want to give a shout out and send my lots of love to Siani Katoa, who's unfortunately done his peck and he's out for the season. Yeah, I know we a lot of players like Ryan Pappen Hughes too. I'd love to send some love to him. He's out for the season. A lot of players, I hate, I hate it. I hate yeah. seeing injuries like that that get ruled out for the season, especially when it's your own. So Sione Katoa, um, you've played Unreal this year um, and I've loved playing with you. It was my first time playing NRL level with Sione. He's on my right edge too. So sending lots of love your way and can't wait to lace up with you again with you, C. Yeah, that's always the worst part of the sport. Um, I was just going to say, I am very much looking forward to watching that game on Saturday. I will be at a lunch at Totties at Bondi, which is like the most basic thing I think I've ever done. But my friend whose birthday it is is the biggest Sharky supporter ever, so I know it's going to be on KO on the phone. So What's more important? Going to Totties at Bondi when you can go there whenever you want? I've never been there before. Or going to a Sharks v Panthers clash in Penrith, in Penrith which you don't get to do very often. <laughs> um, I'll just watch And it. the Sharkies are going for six straight, mind you. Well, I'll be watching it on the phone. Really? And then partying for you when you win. Okay, so if and then you can come meet me. In the Sharkies make a good run of the finals this year. I'm not expecting or giving you an invite to our games because you're missing one of this this clash. Missing one of maybe I reckon I've missed maybe three of your games this year. When? I've been to so many. No, when did I ask? <laughs> ah, we should finish it on that. That's one nil. Nicholas anyway, Hines. Georgia. What's your one to watch? My one to watch is another UK-based thing. It is called Alex Scott, The Future of Women's Football. And it is basically a mini doco based on the growth of women's football and how rapid that's been in the past few years. It's a BBC film. It's free to watch on BBC iPlayer, which I have I believe done some fancy VPN footwork in Australia to watch content on there before. So if you can get your hands on it, I highly recommend it. She basically, uh, she's a football soccer presenter in the UK and she interviews a bunch of players and former players and execs and admin involved in women's football and talks about, you know, the room for growth, how far they've come, the negative perceptions that players have to deal with where the game's going, does it have a diversity problem. It's a really interesting deep dive. It's very well made. I enjoyed it a lot. I didn't know who Alex was before I watched it, but the um, trailers for it really got me. They play during the Love Island ad breaks over here, so they've marketed it really well. It's 59 minutes, um, and it's unbelievable, and I think it's going to be really good for the game. So check that out if you can. My one to watch well, I ju- actually just saw the trailer for this 
yesterday. It's coming out in a couple of weeks' time. I think it's going to be pretty amazing. And I've been wondering when something like this was going to happen. Disney Plus has uh, created and produced a series, uh, a documentary series called Fearless, The Inside of the AFLW. So last year we had the Making Their Mark doco series with Amazon Prime, which was amazing um, with all the AFL players. And I think this is going to be of a similar nature. And I think it'll be the first of its kind with the sort of the female leagues coming through on that. So I'm really looking forward to watching that. How many people do you reckon are going to watch it? Do you reckon this is going to be something that everyone's going to just go, wow, this is amazing? Or do you reckon it's going to be like sort of half ratings? Uh, I'm just genuinely curious. Well, I think there's a big trend at the moment for kind of like sporting talkers. Especially girls sport in Australia is actually kicking off a lot. And these kinds of documentaries, I mean, even are super trendy. So I think think it should go well, especially as we lead up. I think it's being released quite close to the start of the AFLW season, which is in around August 20. So I wish the NRL got ahead of that first. With a doco. Yeah. I know. I reckon they do that. they're pretty smart sometimes. They are. <laughs> well you think of even the Making Their Mark series. Did you watch that? Like what? Making Their Mark. With like Eddie Betts and stuff. All in the bubble on Amazon Prime. Oh no, I was wanted to get around to watching that. So actually. good. You would really like it. It's such yeah. a good oh, I loved it. And even that I thought, oh we don't even have we have no NRL stuff like that. Anyway. We need to get there, don't we? We did the Tiger Towers last year. Yeah. and um, It was pretty interesting to watch. Building Titans. Building Titans that Matty Adek Ponga did. Do you know him? Who? Matty Adek Ponga. He is Pardon? He's a filmmaker and he does heaps of stuff with Paddy Mills. He's an absolute legend. Oh, okay. Played NBL and stuff. Anyway, he did a really good series as well. But that brings us to the end of the show. It does. This was such a great time. It was. Thanks it for really coming was. on. Am I coming back? Well, if you want, you're welcome anytime. We need to do a show with Keely Silver as well. Yeah. Well, she's going to be back next week. So we do it. It's going to happen. Thanks for for joining us. Thanks for listening. You know what? You are more than welcome, Marley Silver. (laughs) And I hope you enjoyed this time again with me, listeners. I've had a great time and I hope you invite me back. And I I want to have a poll out there. And Georgia and Keely... You're listening. I know he's a great listener to the show when I'm on. You need to put a poll on Instagram. Did Marley Silva go on a hinge date in Bali? You can ask our friend I don't Gemma care. I don't and care. she will tell you the answer is no. No. I, well, I want the listeners to have a little say in this, whether they think you did Why or they didn't. Why would I lie? Because they I will lie? either go, yes, you know what, Marley Silva's, you know, she can be a little bit attractive. You know, she's a good <laughs> she can be. She, she good girl. She would get one a date. Or they would go, actually, no, she's boring as shit. Oh. I hate listening to her and so are the boys in Bali. So I just said you're allowed back anytime. And that's <laughs> how you're gonna answer. I mean end this with that. Well, either no, actually no, that poll's not gonna happen. So Deal with it. Well, I'll make it happen. Will you? Yep. Okay. Thanks for listening. Up, up, Cronulla. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening. Follow us on Instagram at Chicks and Balls Pod, on TikTok at Chicks and Balls Pod, and we'll catch you next time. Bye.